This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Happy April. Uh, Here we go. First Sunday in April, and we've decided to continue... um, uh, this series um, to one more, uh, being that we have Easter next week, and that I feel like I we really wanted to kind of bring it all together here. Um, and there's somewhat of a subtitle to this to kind of uh, bring this message together here, and so and and kind of continue even from last week. So uh, welcome to Hopeland. I'm excited. This is. I think, what is this now? Part five, right? Of triggers. And um, we're going to jump into the word here. Um, Welcome again to Hopeland. Uh, I hope you um, enjoyed uh, the worship and you got, you know, the announcements and everything of what's happening here at Hopeland. And so let me pray and we will jump into this. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for today. Uh, God, I pray that this uh, word truly ministers to the soul of people. Uh, God, I pray that it challenges them to continue in their walk with you and that they grow stronger in faith as a result of sitting um, to hear this today. And wherever they are, whatever they're doing, God, I pray that you minister to them through this word. In Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said, amen. All right, here we go. Um, The subtitle of this is really to continue with last week is is really the subtitle is no turning back. Okay, and so even just the essence of triggers is kind of like, you know, it's like those memories, those moments from the past. And so we talked about last week how trials trigger us. And so... I just want to kind of continue and really encourage you to not turn back when it comes to your faith, your walk with God, you know, and just look at the scriptures. And um, man, when we, we decided to follow Jesus, I just want to encourage you to continue to follow Jesus. Okay, so here we go. Um, We're going to read Psalm chapter 15, uh, verse one to four. Verse one to four, let's just start here. Um, Psalm 15, verse one. Lord, um, who may abide in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill, he who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. Verse three, he who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. Verse four, in whose eyes a vile person is is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. And last part of this verse here, we're gonna read, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Um, And so, in my Bible, right, in, at the top of Psalm 15, yours might say something along these lines, 
you know, in the scriptures, um, it's kind of broken up and you have like maybe a sentence like describing what you're about to read. And in my Bible, it says the character of those who may dwell with the Lord. And so it's really talking about character right here. And so I like the last part of that verse there. It says, who swears to his own hurt and does not change. And I just want to encourage you today with, with this scripture and just as we continue with the message today about the truth and the fact that you have at some point, I mean, if not, um, you can do that today. You decided to follow Jesus, like you chose Jesus. You confessed him as Lord. You gave him your life. You repented. You turned to him. You, you had that moment. And I want to encourage you to continue to walk with God and to build history with God. Um, this verse says, and speaking of this, the character of somebody that can dwell with God in and through life and all that life has to offer us, the good, the bad, the, the mountain peaks and the valleys, this type of person, it says, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Um, saying what this person says, they follow through with. What this person has vowed, they follow through with. And um, there's something to be said about choosing God, that he has touched you, he has saved you, he has done something, but your response was yes, Lord, at some point. And there is something about that moment. There's something about your choice to serve God. And you know, we must decide. And this, I believe, is a daily decision. No turning back. Like that old song, right? That old hymn, right? The, the you know, there's no turning back. Right, I think I probably quote this song every now and again. I just love this hymn, but um, you know, the cross before me, the world behind me. You know, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, okay? He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. I'm telling you, God is gracious. Uh, this is gonna be a bumpy road. We're not gonna make all the right choices we're gonna mess up along the way. So is everybody. Um, it's gonna get messy at times. But I'm here to tell you right now, there is something about choosing God and even in and through dealing with your own humanity that you refuse to go back. You refuse to return to that old way of life. And and in light of triggers, right? Triggers are kind of like the devil will use a trigger to get us to turn back, right? But I'm here to tell you right now that don't do that, right? And so um, just like at some point you chose Jesus, you chose to follow him, you vowed in some way, you gave him a vow. You know, you said, you know how, you, you probably heard this before, whether you said this verbatim or not, you might have been in some type of gathering and heard somebody uh, lead others to the Lord, lead them in a prayer, right? And they would say maybe something along the lines, and I choose to serve you all the days of my life. 
right? That is a vow. And um, I'm telling you, uh, here is the first point today. And I know this sounds really foundational and simple, but it applies to everybody, no matter where you are in your walk with God. But choose Jesus today. Choose him today, right? Choose him today. So choose God, right? Say yes to Jesus and, and never move from that decision. And if you haven't moved from that decision, continue to choose Jesus. Um, you know, live up to your vow. Come on, somebody. All right. So, so may my prayer is that this is your prayer, that God let my life be a story, right? Of one that has walked with you until the end. That, that is my prayer, that, that my children would see not perfection, not I have it all together, not I've done it all right, not that I am, I am in and of myself perfect, but no, but Lord, let my life be a story to my children of one that chose to walk with God until the end, right? And so this is my encouragement to you today to continue to build a history with God. All the ins and outs of life. My wife was encouraging um, in our in-person gatherings. We always try to, uh, our serve team, we kind of gather before the service. We call it team rally. And anybody that's had a birthday or whatever, we, we kind of put them in the middle of the circle. We pray for them. And we pray and seek God to give us a word for them or something, right? So my wife was recently, we celebrated a birthday this last Sunday in person. And uh, my wife had a word for this young lady and just about um, that all through life, every facet of life, like uh, career, uh, marriage, children, all these different phases and seasons of life that in it would be the foundation of faith would be the foundation of all of those things that, that we're building history with God. It's not like, oh yeah, I chose Jesus way back when. And you know, and then when, as I've seen people, they do that. And then as life goes on, it's like they almost drift from faith. And no, th this is the point. Choose Jesus today. 2 Timothy 4, uh, verse 6 to 8. 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. Verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Uh, verse 8. Uh, 2 Timothy 4. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And so here is Paul speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy, one of the later letters he wrote in his life. And obviously you can tell by the language here. He's like, man, I'm, I'm, about, to, I'm about to be on out of here. And uh, three things he did. He fought the good fight. He finished the race and he kept the faith. He fought, he finished, and he kept. He fought, he finished, he kept. And so that's my encouragement to you today uh, to, to do just that today. Do just that every day, right? Um, continue to do that. It's worth it. Um, you know, like we said last week about kind of living in that rear view mirror, 
And there's something to be said about choosing Jesus today, choosing life today, um, walking with him today, choosing to be in the spirit today, choosing to be led by the spirit today, because there is always newness in God. There's always fresh revelation in God. There's always a, a brighter day in God. And so um, we need to choose that. Why? Because um, nothing else is worth that seriousness of a choice, right? There are other serious choices, but, and I'm not taking away from other choices you've made that you need to commit to and follow through to, follow through with because it is right and because it is of God and all, all those things like um, choosing to get married and choosing that person and choosing that person every day for your, your spouse, amen? Um, but here we're talking about just, this kind of almost like he's like kind of locked into eternity. He's like, man, I'm living for a crown. I don't have the crown yet, but but I'm living for that, you know? And he's like, man, finally, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He He's looking to, he's got eternity in view. And so um, the Christian life is just that. This is an eternal decision. And we must be a people driven by eternity and and and, and build history with God. Okay, it's not always gonna, um, it's not always gonna look successful, according to the world. It's not always gonna look like you made the right choice. Um, the world is gonna say you made the wrong choice. There's gonna be people that actually love you and care about you. And they're gonna, they might even think, man, you made the wrong choice there, serving God, man. I mean, you know, uh, it's not, you know, or it's not gonna line up with the world. It's not gonna line up with with even our own intellect at times, our own uh, reasoning at times. Like this is a spiritual decision that we will see the fruit in the by and by. We will see the fruit of our decision to serve God, to love God, to pursue God, to live for God, right? To the, we're, we're gonna see that fruit. I am telling you right now, God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And uh, it is worth it. It is worth it. Um, Choose God and live for God. Okay, so that, that, is, that is my next point, folks. It's, I know this sounds so like basic, but sometimes we, we got to return to this because even the most, even pastors and people that you would think are like close to God, right? Because of their position, because of what they do. Um, but um, I know plenty of pastors that stopped living for God. And so here's the next point. We live for God. Like that is what our life is all about. We're going to go through life and we're going to be triggered by things because we have issues, because we have an emotion. We have emotions. We have a mind. We've been affected by life. We've been rejected. We've been hurt. We've been, um, you know, left or forgotten by people. We've been... Um, We've gone through things. Just life itself has beat us up. We have failed at times and that has affected us. So we get triggered. We've got things we're working out, but even in the midst of being triggered and going through things and dealing with your own, the, own, the, the very condition of your own soul and the things that need to grow and the areas of your life that, 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 that you need freedom and deliverance in, right? Like even through that, let 
Let not the process of sanctification disturb you to such a degree, a degree that you lose sight of God and faith and that God is with me and I am going somewhere in God and that there is a future and a hope for me, not only in this life, but in the life to come. And so we must land here daily. We live for God. Like we don't live for anything else. Meaning, what, 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 what I mean by that? Like, meaning we seek him for him, nothing else. I heard one preacher say this recently. I was listening to a preacher and he said, I don't want anything from him other than him. And, and I, yes, we go to God for things to answer prayer and all of those things matter to God. But um, we want him for him, nothing else. That, that must be our prayer at times. Like, God, I'm, I'm praying for, to get a hold of you, nothing else. I'm praying for you. I'm, I, I, I want nothing from you but you. Can I get an amen, somebody? There are things my wife gives me and does for me, but I'm not married to her because of those things. I'm married to her because of her. I, I want her, right? And she wants me. Are there things I do for her? Yes. Are there things I, that she does for me? Yes. There's things that's part of our relationship, those little things, those little, you know what I'm saying? We were just recently in a store in the mall and um, one of my uh, wife's watches, it like inside of it, it had like, um, um, she likes, she has, uh, she likes Fossil, that brand of watch. They're pretty good quality watches, you know, not super expensive but like just a cool quality, kind of like a nice design. She kind of likes those. And so um, so we were in there and she was getting batteries put in one and another one was actually in, on the inside, it's kind of broken. You can see a piece inside the, the you know, the behind the glass or whatever, like kind of floating around in there and it was, it was broken. So the, at the fossil store, they're like, hey, you know what? You can kind of send this in and have them work on it. We can't do this type of work here, but we can sell you another watch for 50% off. My wife just like smiled. She's like, what do you think? You know what I mean? <laughs> She's like, what do you think? You know? And I'm like, yeah, like, like get it, right? Like, let's get it. Like she, you know, it was like a really good deal, right? And it was a particular watch and it was already, it seemed pretty affordable. And then 50% off of that, we're like, oh, wow. So she was looking at a few and she asked me what I thought, right? And I picked one and she, so she, she got it. And so, you know, and that was something she wanted to talk to me about, you know, kind of, we were looking at our budget not too far before then. And so it was just more of a conversation. I was like, go for it, babe. Like she was kind of asking me, Hey, should, should I get this? And I'm like, yes, like get it. It's great. So um, I walked outside and I was with Luca right outside waiting for her to get it. She came out, she's all smiling, come out of the store with her new watch. You know what I mean? She came over and gave me a kiss. So she got a watch, I got a kiss. You know what I mean? So I guess it worked out. But the point is, uh, what is the point there? That, you know, the, those things, those moments, those are great. Those matter. Those are, but, but she's not, she didn't marry me for the watch, right? Um, you know, and, 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 and God, it's like, we got to have that in our rhythm with God. God, I'm coming to you for you. I'm, I'm living for you, not so you can give me stuff, right? So, so really like this approach towards God, that this is what it is. This is what it, a Christian is. It's a person. So obviously had a revelation of Jesus. And God has touched them and supernaturally. They see God. They, they're born again. 
to work of grace. And then we respond and we say yes, right? And so what does it mean to be a Christian from, from when it comes to our will and our re- response to what he has done? It is, I live for God, for God, right? I live for God. I seek God for God. I want nothing from him but him. And so this is good theology. It's just good theology. But also this mindset will help foster a strong spiritual life. Acts 17 verse 28. Say it with me as you're turning there or looking there. Um, Say it with me. Say we live for God. Say it with me. Say I live for God. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Um, Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Once again, Acts 17, 28, the first part. For in him we live and move and have our being. All right? It's not about things, it's not about stuff, it's about him. It's what a Christian is. And when we are triggered, we must land and say, you know what, at this spot, at this place, this foundation, I've chosen to follow him. And nobody or nothing is going to get me out of that choice. I will continue to seek him, I choose to seek him, I choose to worship him, I choose to live for him today. Um, Good, bad, right? Mountain, valley, um, feeling good, not feeling good. People treat me right, people don't treat me right. I'm not quite there, I'm, you know, not understanding what God is doing, not quite feeling in the feels of things right now, right? No matter what, I choose to live for God. In Him, I live, I move, and I have my being. Here's another one, Colossians 2.10. Colossians chapter two, verse 10. And you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. All right, complete, whole. In him we live and move and have our being. And we are complete in him. We live for God. Choose Jesus today, all right? And so what am I getting at here? We, we must be careful not to draw so much of our identity from the things of this world. Um, Paul said, do not be entangled with the affairs of this life. Okay, do not get in entanglements. And sometimes when we think of entanglements, we, we, some, we, we I don't know, I, maybe it's as a pastor or just as a Christian, sometimes we look at those things as like going over the deep end of sin, right? Or I don't know, things that, that we kind of see, man, the, 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 the things that could literally immediately like destroy a marriage, like adultery or 
you know, going back into addiction or just straight up like leaving God, right? Or, but um, even as believers, if we're not careful, it might not be that, but it's that we start to wrap our identity around things. Maybe like, like our identity and um, it's all we think about, it's our whole life, it's, it, it's, it's not about God anymore, it's like my career, right? And we, we all must engage and, and work and do, but I, I think we know the difference that, okay, man, this is becoming too much. Like I, I'm consumed with this, right? My identity is wrapped around this. Right, and I'm not really seeking God. It's not like it's it, it's I'm not in Him, living, moving, and having my being. I have now become consumed with this. Even maybe it's even success in that area, and we uh, drift into things that we've lost sight of a, a, a devotion and a relationship with God in Christ because of material success. And this the career and 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 resources aren't demonic. It's not of the devil, but it can become idolatrous. Even um, whatever we put in that place of God um, does not belong there. Even if it is something God gave us, can I get an amen? Okay. And so there are good things in life, right? And even blessings from God that we experience. Can I get an amen? But we must not hold so tightly to them, right? They're, they're, they're because of those things from God, even at times, they're gonna shift and change. I mean, the scripture says how money will just fly away, right? Here one day, gone the next. It's just, so um, it's not that we're, we don't wanna be good stewards. It's not, it's, this isn't a, a lesson in being careless about those things. It's just that they are not who I am. They, God has blessed me with this and he's given me this, but let's not put so much stock in them. Um, why? why? Like, why? Why, why don't we? We're, we're Christians, right? Why don't we do that? Why, 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 why do we not put so? Why? Because they are shifting and changing as we speak. So these things are changing. Everything, even blessings from God, material blessings or whatever, whatever it is that isn't him, right? Um, even God might give you influence. God might give you a platform. God might, you know, but even that is from God. It could be very much from God, but that might not be forever. And when that goes, we, we need to make sure we're in God, right? Come on, somebody. It, it, this happens to all of us at times. Even blessings from God can become something we wrap our identity around. And when that changes, we're like, oh, well, God, where are you? What happened? Well, the thing we wrapped our identity around wasn't God. It was the people around us. And maybe they're great people, good people. But what if they do something sideways or they don't show up or they don't come through. And you're like, man, God gave me this person, but now look at them. And, 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 and that does happen and will happen, right? It could be people, resources, um, opportunity. All of that stuff is not God. So 
We don't live for that stuff because they're not God and it's not God. And it is changing as we speak. It's shifting and changing. Right, here we go. Let's look at this. Philippians chapter three, verse 12. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So I'm laying hold of Jesus. I'm laying hold of eternity. If you look at Philippians 3, Paul's encouraging the church in Philippi, man, keep your eyes on the prize. And he's speaking of heaven. He is speaking of eternal things. He's speaking of Christ, the person. He, he lists everything he did, every accomplishment. He lists his religious pedigree and all of his success. And he says, man, this ain't nothing but trash compared to knowing Christ. Somebody say, lay hold of Jesus. So um, my next point is this, hold tightly to Christ. Because even the blessings from God are not God and they won't last forever. The season will change. The, 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 the context will change. God will not. All right. Somebody say it with me. Say, hold tightly to Christ. Here's another one in the same line with this. But 1 Timothy 6, 12. Um, 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold of eternal things. Don't put your trust in natural things. When God blesses us, praise the Lord. Thank God for it. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for this for this raise, for this job, for this education, for this opportunity, um, for this business, for this ministry even. Thank you, God, for this church, this very facility I'm standing in. Thank you, God. But this may come and go. It might. It just may. Why? This building, this facility, this place is not God. My faith is not in this place. I'm thankful for it. I, I want to steward it well. I want, I want it to last. I want to pass on this very local church community to somebody one day. I want it to last, but it is not God. The, the, the Hope Land Church, the organization is not what my faith is in. Um, those things change. Hallelujah. Say it with me again. Say it with me, folks. Hold tightly to Christ. I don't believe hope has to wane. And this is what I'm really getting to today. I don't believe hope has to wane. Um, even Christians, um, people that have continued to serve the Lord, sometimes I can come in contact with Christians at times and even church leaders, even those that you would say, man, they're doing a work for God, like they're, they're leading, they're, they're doing ministry, even those that we would call, you know, quote unquote, full-time ministry and just, they're kind of, they have a ministry call to, to preach and teach, to do missions. And then talking to some at times, I'm like, man, they almost, it's kind of like going back to the message last week. Um, I recently met with somebody that is involved in ministry full time. And I, I was just in my heart, I was like, man, it's just almost in their, their tone, their manner. There was like this, this tinge of, Man, it was so much better back when. Man, you know, almost and on a spiritual level, kind of reminiscing decades ago, maybe a little too much. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I mean, I'm thankful for all that. I'm thankful for where I come from. I'm thankful for everything God did. But he is here today. The season has changed. Come on now. It's time to, it's time to move on. It's time to 
continue. I don't believe hope has to wane. I don't believe faith and zeal have to die out over time. I believe we can be refreshed in his presence today, like right now. Come on, somebody. When, when our past looks better to us than our future, we're in trouble. Let me say it again. When our past looks better than our future, we are in trouble. I understand we might have moments, reminisce and all that, but um, the way we can stay just um, with like vitality in our spirit. Um, you know, the Bible says, you know, uh, after, you know, repentance, right? Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. And so we ought to be ref refreshed people. It doesn't mean we don't have bad days or bad moments or, you know, but we have faith in God. Like, like we're going to get like, in a sense, like I understand, like we're going to get knocked down, but not knocked out, right? We don't have to live in a state of man. Remember that? And, and like this, almost like, living with a wound because something didn't quite work out the way you thought. And those things will happen. Things will not work out the way we thought. But we don't have to live in the past. All right? Why? Why? This brings us to um, this next verse here. And so if you don't get anything out of this today, let it be this verse right here. Just the beauty and the simplicity of this right here. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. These are the very words of Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Hallelujah. Um, and that is our last point. Uh, have faith in God. All right, have faith in God. Not in those other things, um, but have faith in God. And so with that said, um, as believers, I just wrote down some things here that we must be watchful of, that our faith is not in these things. And so I, I remember saying this last week that when in our presence, we are inordinately vexed by things of the past today. Meaning it's like we're living in the past. We're, we got maybe even just this negative, cynical, it's not what it was. I, man, I remember those days, man, I was killing it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you know, I don't mean to make light of this, but it's kind of like, you know, the person that is grown <laughs> and they're decades out of high school, but they literally live in the glory days of who they were in high school. Man, it's over, man. I mean, it, we don't have to live back there. I'm talking about as a Christian, uh, you know, we have faith in God and God is present and God is here. It's not about what he did. It's about what he's doing 
and what he's going to do. Thankful for what he did. I'm, I can learn from that. I can, I can celebrate. I can even, I can be inspired by it. And I can be sad because of it. We can have moments that we miss that, right? But we don't live in it. Why? Because we have faith in God. And so what are some things that we must be careful of that we don't put our trust or faith, our identity around these things? And, and I wrote these down here because I feel like at times Christians struggle with these right here. Okay, and number one, as a what, you know, kind of what we don't put our faith in. And the way I wrote it is just the way I hear young people use it nowadays. But we don't put our faith in the fields. Okay, the fields, um, all the fields. And so why? Because things are going to feel good. Things are not going to feel good. But my faith is not in those things, in those moments. And even God at times in his presence, if you've ever been in his presence and felt his presence, you know, at times, his presence just feels so good. But there are other times where he is present, but I don't feel him like that. So my faith is not in that moment, those feelings. My faith is in God. Can I get an amen? And this kind of goes, goes along with that. And I've noticed this with Christians at times we've got to be careful of is we don't put our faith in encounters with God. We will have encounters with God. Um, encounters with God, supernatural experiences with the living God is a normal part of the Christian life. It's a script, it's scriptural, right? It is scriptural for God to touch you supernaturally, invade your life in some way, deliverance, healing, um, and all of what we even see in scripture that happened to real people can and does happen today. But our faith is not in that event. So our faith is not in encounters with God, meaning events are not our pursuit. God is our pursuit. The person, um, thank God for those moments. But those are not what our faith is in. When we put our faith in events with God or in encounters we experience, we have we can get off in, in error and get um for lack of a better word we can get weird we can get kind of funny because it's like we're chasing a feeling we want that feeling again so we almost fabricate or sensationalize something and god's not even in it we're just trying to replicate that one legit time we had with him and we need to learn how to seek god and experience him in and through those encounters, those powerful moments of God where we're like laughing, weeping, you know, and just the power of God. But that that won't be all day, every day. It's just not scriptural and it's not truth. It does not happen. Uh, the Christian life is both glory and trial. And so we are seeking God, not those moments. Can I get an amen, somebody? Two more, two more here real quick before I pray. Um, we, we don't put our faith in our current social context. Why? Because when it changes, and it will, we will find out where our faith is. Those things do trouble us emotionally. We should feel and maybe, maybe even be sad or mourn the death of a relationship with somebody 
or just like, man, that I remember those moments with those people. And But then people go their own ways. People get married. People start families. People move out of the city. And, and so praise God for even the people God is bringing to us, has brought to us. And in those seasons, we celebrate those seasons. But those seasons change and those relationships change. My prayer for you is that you do have friends or maybe even a friend that is now your friend and will be until eternity, right? But a lot of relationships are seasonal and we need to learn to not put our faith in that. Even those God relationships, God ordained, those relationships will shift and change and the dynamic changes. And so we don't lose faith because social context changes. It's not where our faith is, it's in God. Next one, success. And in my notes, I put success in parentheses because success is relative. And it's, and it is relative. It is, it is not absolute and it, it's, it's a moving part and everybody has a definition of success. And so we don't put our faith in what the world or our family or our people or our own mind says we ought to be here. Because sometimes when it comes to success, quote unquote success, um, we have created wins and we, our idea of success, God is not interested in. Can I get an amen, somebody? Because there are going to be times you're obeying God and it doesn't look like worldly success. It doesn't look like you're going anywhere. It doesn't, it doesn't look like you're, oh man, you're killing it over there. Like it may not look like that, but I'm obeying God. He's going to provide for my needs and I'm walking with him and I'm going to learn and develop and grow. But I am not a, I'm not chasing success as the world defines it. I'm pursuing God. And yes, um, God does cause us to succeed. Joshua chapter one, verse eight says, meditate on the word day and night. Be careful to do all that's written in it. And then you will find your way prosperous. You shall have good success, but it's God's kind of success. And so, but this is the point is our faith is not in that. It is in God. Come on, somebody. And so here it is. I'm going to leave you with a question here. When things shift and change around us, things meaning everything other than God, how do I level up spiritually? And so this is a challenge to you to put the absolute all of your faith in God alone. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.